0: at Longy's restaurant in this in Lahaina at the Maui, the first annual Maui Comedy Festival right here. In Maui. In the most beautiful of all the non-contiguous states, Hawaii, that fabulous archipelago that's the farthest-flung landmass in the entire universe. There's nothing on our big green earth that's as far away from land as this place is right now. And by that, I mean there's very little connection to civilization here in any way. This show was supposed to start at 7. It is now 8.55, ladies and gentlemen, because we're on Hawaii time. It's not like manana in Hawaii, it's like Manever is when it's never, ever gonna happen here. People are so not bothered. Every day the sun comes up, and it's glorious and every night the moon comes up and you swoon and every day the trade winds blow and you're intoxicated with your own majesty in this unbelievable limpid landscape of iridescent hues of green and opal and the ocean surging all the time and the foam breaking and the brine in the air it's like living on a sex pod in the middle of nowhere with Starbucks and Bubba Gump That's the American part of it. America should have no part of any any islands, really, because the first thing we do is put a McDonald's up. Yesterday, we were flew in from uh, Los Angeles, which is a place on the mainland. And uh, as I've said before on the show, Hollywood's not a city. It's an idea held simultaneously by a million assholes. And we was flying in on United, and... Uh, Uh, they were playing a series of ads before we landed and one of them was for McDonald's in Hawaii and it said local flavor. And I was like, for real? So you walk into the McDonald's and there's a barefoot dude with a dead pig in the front or whatever. Some guy's got a marlin hanging inside. Someone offers you some ice and shit. Is it that kind of local flavor at the McDonald's here? You walk in. I'd like the Pocololo shake. Is that available during Halloween time? I love them trying to personalize McDonald's so that it has the absolute personality of Hawaii and stuff like that. I don't think it's possible. Uh, To describe the room that we're in here, for people who are listening out there in Proopcast land, if you're shivering uh, in a hovel in Liechtenstein tonight, let me describe this room to you. Uh, We're in a place where the tropical trade wind is literally blowing behind my back against a horrible plastic drop that they've made. I can't describe... The logo of the Maui Comedy Festival is a palm tree uh, because they didn't want anyone to be confused. If it was in New York, it would have been the Empire State Building or an apple. If it was in Paris, it would have been a women's uncrossed legs. But because we're in Maui, it's a, it's a palm tree, but it's in silhouette. And to show that it's Hawaii... Um, one of the corporate sponsors on the logo here, on the, on the drop behind me, is what I'm describing, um, has been tied poorly to the palm tree. This is on the corporate logo that we're using here. That indicates that it's Hawaii. What you can't see is that there's a chicken running behind there and a tire swing and a dead car up on blocks. And a barefoot lady selling fruit out of a bag. You can't see that part on the Hawaiian logo here. But let me assure you that this is taking place in Hawaii. (laughs) Behind me is a window. All around me, we're in what can only be described as a faux plantation Django Unleashed style room here. (laughs) Where there's a swirling ceiling fans beating down the effervescent trade winds upon us to offer some cooling in this hot and uh, wildly temperate climes. Uh, there's open windows out onto the street, uh, and on below, uh, across the street, torches lighting the night. As my wife and I uh, sat in the back with my girlfriend and her boyfriend, we <laughs> couldn't help but notice the unbelievable scintillating sunset and the Isle of Lanai, one of the archipelago uh, of the Hawaiian Islands here, uh, just n- uh, north of us, west of us, north. West? My, my directions are all fucked up. I just got in from L.A. Like I'd be able to orient myself anyway. What am I, Captain Bloody Cook and shit? Really? There's a set list up here. Am I supposed to introduce all this too? Oh, this is, it's the show on after me. Uh, in any case, there's open windows there. And the island of Lanai... Uh, is right behind us here and uh, you could see the sun set behind it and the island uh, turned into a, a wildly undulating uh, lob and, and, and uh, uh, iridescent and then it disappeared uh, completely into the utter pitch blackness that the night uh, consumed it by and every star uh, burst through the firmament like an affirmation uh, that uh, the almighty is looking down on each of our souls here. So it's, a, it's quite a night for comedy and jazz like that. Yeah, someone just yelled, heavy, man. Yeah, this isn't like Cheech and Chong. There's content and shit, man. If it only was like Cheech and Chong, then we'd be blowing reefer up here. But this is Hawaii where you're not allowed to, there was a giant sign that I had on, this, on the front of the stage that said, no alcohol allowed on stage. They've moved it over to the side. And uh, so we're not drinking, uh, this isn't a vodcast tonight. This is a This is a Kona coffee cast. And if you believe that, I adore you. And I'd like to sell you a bridge that's nearby here. The best part of uh, flying in from Europe and coming directly to Hawaii from Los Angeles is that I have no sense of time or space anymore. Uh, We woke up at uh, five in the... uh, Two nights ago, we woke up at three in the morning. Sit down. Um, Today we woke... Oh, yeah. I can see everyone in this room, and I know what you're doing. Um... We, uh, we woke up uh, like 5 in the morning this morning, which is awesome. So we went down to the beach. Uh, we're staying at a hotel here. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's the Corporate White People Positive Revenue Flow Experience Hotel. It's located next to the fat white people from the mainland hotel. There wasn't that many fat people on our plane. Usually there's lots of fat people coming to Hawaii, which is awesome because then you get to Hawaii and everyone here is fatter than they are on the fucking mainland, so you can hide in the herd here. Uh, In any case, uh, uh, there was a beach at our hotel and we went down to the beach and, and then I went and got coffee. There's a little Starbucks at our hotel and it was $77 for two lattes and a croissant. And then I knew I was in paradise. That's the thing. Like, you know, you are in paradise because the weather is abjectly fucking fantastic every goddamn minute of every goddamn day. Unless there's a hurricane or a hideous volcano nearby or some world-ending event like Pacific Rim. A giant monster forms out of the bottom of the sea and climbs onto Maui. Uh, Not likely. If, If a giant monster climbed onto Maui, he would be struck down by an automobile near the mall right near here. Or be behind that bizarre Quonset hut looking Safeway that you have that looks like it was built to house metal patients in Romania in the 30s to give it some of that island romance architecture uh so we woke up quite early, and there's really no time to be alone, like, uh, before the sun comes up. Uh, and so we walked down to the beach and whatnot, and uh, I was slathered, of course, with uh, uh, um, uh, pineapple jam at that point, and all over my body. And I laid on the ground and let the birds peck it off for a couple of hours, because that's the way I like to commune with nature. Uh, then after our $77 Starbucks, uh, we... Uh, we were invited to a blessing on the island here which was a, an extraordinary experience we went out to uh, the Ritz Carlton which is the holiest part of the island <laughs> when the people uh, of uh, the Marquesas took their giant double outrigger catamarans on the most extensive and expansive uh, 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 intrepid journey in the history of mankind Columbus was a baby fruit bat uh, laughter living in a tiny capsule compared to the Polynesians that went their way up this ginormous side of earth that is almost holy water. People always say, oh, uh, the earth is uh, over whatever the percentage is, 70% water or whatever. In Hawaii, you get a good idea of that. Uh, on the flying here, on the flying away, whichever direction you go, there is nothing but water. Uh, the unimaginable journey that they made in these outriggers with some pigs and some chickens gathering water on the dew, uh, as dew on the mast and, gar- and carrying it in gourds is got to be the most impressive feat of navigation in the history of mankind. Uh, you can talk about all the Spanish explorers all you like. They had boats in stainless steel. And for all we know, iPods made of brass. And iPhones made out of astrolabes and whatnot, but uh, the Polynesians who came here had nothing but guile and the unbelievable tenacity uh, that guides each moment of their lives. Uh, In any case, uh, the Ritz-Carlton saw fit to build a giant resort near the water here, and my understanding is that Maui, of all the islands, one, was the capital of the kingdom for ages, but also there was a path. Uh, unlike the other seven in the archipelago that went all the way around and circum, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Circumnavigated the, uh, the entire, uh, T of the island. It, of course, is broken up now by golf courses and white people fun. Um, <laughs> such is the way of the world. Uh, uh, but once upon a time. So we were taken to the Ritz Carlton and we were uh, brought to a car park and, uh, we were met by a couple of Hawaiians who, uh, told us their names and one had the traditional Hawaiian name of Clifford. And uh, The other one was Jennifer the, uh, <laughs> It is totally awesome And so we, we were taken into the holy ground uh, Into the burial ground Evidently the Ritz-Carlton had built uh, On this burial ground uh, uh, And you know what I'm sure it was an honest mistake The thing is about giant corporations They care about history and sanctity More than any other things in the world I, I think you'll find Chevron And Monsanto And the Ritz-Carlton Corporation They have you in mind, like McDonald's, local flavor is what we're going for here. And if I crush a couple skulls of your ancestors, you know what, there's a dude who's gonna be wearing unspeakable shorts and fucking golf shoes that enjoys himself later on his way to uh, going back and raping society for all the money with a series of flummoxing horrible financial deals that he performs back on the mainland. But the point is this, let's not get too cynical. The Ritz Carlton built there and evidently uh, they got down about 40 feet and uh, uh, several hundreds uh, in the number of 800 skeletons were exhumed and unearthed and then they realized they were in a sacred burial ground facing the sea. And so they were forced at that point uh, As uh, Clifford informed us That the renaissance had already happened For the original Hawaiians And they were able to uh, push the hotel back up the hill And keep this area completely sacred And there's a sign that says No public entry So we were allowed and escorted in by these Hawaiians To go, I know, it's just a sign There's a white girl laughing in the front row (laughs) (laughs) Signs are but a scutcheon I pay no attention to them at all for instance, earlier in the day, there was a sign that said "Don't take meth all fucking day," but I did it anyway. <laughs> so we were escorted into this holy area, and they gave us. A ch- they chanted uh, with one another, and then we were kind of invited in as uh, we were uh, uh, described as uh, visitors. But I think I know uh, what deep inside we were, and that's howlies from the mainland and. <laughs> including a number of comedians. Uh, It was a, was a, a passel of comedians, it was a murder of comedians, it was a pride of comedians, it was a pod of comedians, it was a flock of comedians, it was a distemper of comedians, it was a wandering of comedians. There is no organizing a group of comedians. You can stand there with a sign until your ass freezes off and falls to the ground like a fucking hockey puck in deepest Saskatchewan before you can get the attention of 35 self-absorbed fucking dudes and women who are used to having a microphone in their hand and being listened to attentively by a group of alcoholics in a room. There is no sorting out a group of comedians, and to take us to holy ground is, like, hilarious, right? The only holy ground most of these guys are going to see is the fucking Sinai mortuary outside of Burbank. Because that'll be our final resting place. Of course, I wish to be buried uh, underneath Pablo Sandoval. He plays third base for the Giants. The point is this. Uh, So we were taken to the... um, Uh, We were taken to the holy ground, and uh, we made offerings, or Rocky made offerings. The rest of us stood there and uh, looked silly. And then we all held hands, and we had a ceremony and whatnot, and it was really beautiful. And the part that struck me most of all, besides everything else, of course, was the unbelievable, irretrievable, insurmountable beauty that is just standing Uh, On a precipice on this island Of course the people who live here You're already bored with it You you acknowledge that it happens And that's why you're here You want to live in this atmosphere A decompressed atmosphere Where there's no pressure to do anything Like succeed or work or help anyone (laughs) I understand that part You want to eat fruit all day And then have unsafe sex with a barefoot person Wearing it with a sleeve tattoo I get it I get it. And then you want to do awful whale art later and sell it in a store. I get, I, no, I get that. My point is this. Uh, the, the, as a visitor, uh, to, as a howley who's beginning to rot, I, I can only stand in breathless wonder as I gaze at the, uh, the mountains and the sea. And uh, 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 one of the Hawaiians said to us, uh, he said, we don't close our eyes when when we pray. And and I loved that because um, that was a direct uh, rip on Christianity, which I'm all for. Um, The, I- the idea of prayer in Christianity is always solitude and self-abasement, right? The thing you're supposed to do as a Christian or a Catholic is to close your eyes and contemplate uh, how infinitesimally unimportant you are in God's plan and then to feel shitty about it later when you fuck up, which is almost unbelievably certain that you're going to do uh, because the list of rules uh, is too hard to adhere to. Coveting and don't do this and don't murder people fuck that shit. I'm a I got I got stuff to do Uh, We're all going to sin at one point Uh, But I I I love the idea that he said um, We keep our eyes open because we're looking at the sky and we're registering the wind and we're tasting the brine in our noses and we're looking at the mountains and God is in everything the smallest of things the wave of a blade of grass in the effervescent trade wind as opposed to uh, God is a white guy with an AK-47 walking through a Chipotle in Jefferson City, Missouri to prove that he's free and holding a sign of an unborn fetus in front of a woman and yelling at her. That's not what God does. God doesn't hassle you. God's God's not a douchey, fat, white guy, okay? Okay. I I realize in America and I know that we're just outside of America here by about three fucking time zones but uh, I'm just here to reiterate that uh, God is in all of us and I believe Marvin Gaye said it and then Prince uh, uh, repeated it God is love that's what God is um and if God is love, then God is definitely the wind blowing uh, through the trees. So we were taken to this beautiful uh, sacred ground, and, and and he told us all about it, and uh, uh and and the uh, ancestry and the veneration and sanctity, which was the word he used, uh, veneration and sanctity. And those are two words that are glossed over way too much, he said with his iPhone in his hand. Um, (laughs) It's because my notes are on here and that's why I've got it waving in my hand. Uh, Veneration and sanctity are things that we could all take a few moments and think about uh, all over the world, everywhere, all the time. And what do I mean when I say that? Well, I mean being in the moment that you're in. I know it's fun to go to a place and take a picture of your food And Stuff like that Or take a picture of the sunset And heaven knows I've been doing it enough here But there's also moments when you want to be mindful That time goes far too quickly And that we're, as they say Not here for a long time We're here for a good time And that there's times that you must notice Everything that's going on The smell of the person inside you uh, Yeah uh, The smell of their hair Uh, You have to notice that banana that you're cutting into your cereal and think about that banana's journey as well And your journey to meet that fucking banana that you eat in your cereal I'm very serious when I say this time rushes by and in 20 years You'll be remembering this night and you'll be sitting there going god damn it Greg. Why did I go see cars eight or whatever? (laughs) Why can't I have that time back? I could have spent it with people. I loved In other words, put down whatever you're doing and focus on the people around you because, uh, as Lord Buckley said, human beings are life's garden, and that's why we're here, Uh, not to give each other a huge pain, uh, but to uh, enjoy one another's presence and to enjoy every moment that you're here. So having said that, we all had a moment and we all held hands, and then we were taken to the car park where we were given alcohol. because it's not all fucking bad times. So we were we goes to the car park and uh, which is outside the golf course. And there's really nothing when you're listening to people give sacred Hawaiian chants over the bones of their ancestors and enjoying a moment of mindfulness and sanctity. There's nothing like hearing the trucks backing up on the golf course. Beep 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 beep. It really adds an air ethereal otherworldliness to the entire endeavor that puts you in touch with the angels. Because if there's one thing heaven's all about, it's letting you know when someone's backing that shit up. If I get to the afterworld and get run over by a backing up angel vehicle, I'm going to be most hacked off. So we stand in the car park, and uh, Paul and Kathy, who've organized this uh, first annual festival. And I I should have known that every human being in this room would be friends and relatives with them. Because no one who works at the corporate revenue flow fat white people hotel that I'm staying at seems to be aware that there's a comedy festival going on. I've been asked 50 times what I'm doing here. I'm a comedian, look at me. I'm wearing a suit on an island. What the fuck do you think I'm doing here? and tonight they they said to us at the hotel where where are you off to and we went longies and they went good choice and I thought you think I'm going to have pasta but I'm not I'm going to spin pasta out of the universe so uh, we goes to the car park and uh, and we're all given a heaping tot of mimosa which as you know is uh, the most important drink of breakfast breakfast is the most important meal of the morning. And the most important alcoholic drink you can have is the one you have at breakfast because it sets the tone for the entire day. A lot of people will have a beer when they get up. I'm not in that crowd. I'm more of a codeine, a reefer and a mimosa because I find a little electric poo-ha, a little barbiturate and a little alcohol gets me right where I need to be I want to be like Doris Day facing the rising sun just blonde hair and teeth and ready to crack off a fucking song and have an ass that doesn't quit a lot of you young people are like who's Doris Day (coughs) on the ride home you can google it Yes, there's other things that exist outside of your lifetime, and many of them are way important than anything you're ever going to do. And Doris Day is one of them. She was 90 years old last year, and she's eternal. Uh, so we're all given alcohol, and then we're, to, we're told, now we're going to go down to what is called the vortex. And I was like, I thought I was in the vortex. I was at the LAX United Terminal where the urinals smell like a bus station in Cupertino, California in 1946. It's just a horrible situation. Although they've improved the United Terminal somewhat, they tore out the croissant stand. When was the last time you wanted a wrap or a croissant? And uh, in any case, uh, they, they put in some better restaurants there, but the, the bathrooms are still unspeakably vile. They really are like a bus station in, in Sacramento, California. And... Um, In any case, uh, we were taken down to the vortex and they said this is the jumping off point between this world, the corporeal, uh, material world that we're all living in now and the ether world, the next world, the one that we walk onto when we leave uh, this form and uh, take another form. Hey, drunk chick at the bar, shut the fuck up! (laughs) Yeah, it's my show, my show. Don't flip me off, I'll fucking put my dick upside your head. Oh, yeah, I told you this wasn't a stand up show. There's no chatting. This goes out all over the world. This is wildly important. I don't mind if you talk, but really. Can't you do that with your friends at any douchebag bar on this douchebag street and douchebag Lahaina and shit like that? Surely Senior Frogs has a fucking stool open and whatnot. Don't come to my show and talk. You haven't been listening to the fucking poetry so far and shit. I'm sorry I said I'd put my dick upside your head. I'd put the spirit of my ancestor's dick upside your head. So, we're given alcohol... Now, no one has eaten in hours. At this point, it's like 11 or 11.30, maybe 12. No one's even had breakfast, because if I know anything about comedians, I know that no one ordered room service in the whole fucking hotel, and that all these comedians have gone down to Starbucks and had half of a blueberry muffin and a one $17 latte. So we've we've been, already, we've been out in the sun for hours, which uh, I'm not ready to take at all. I don't, I don't take the sun that well. I mean, I'm not like Pippi Longstocking. I don't turn bright purple or whatever uh, Pippi Longstocking was a Scandinavian character with a very light complexion. I don't have red hair, as I'm, what is I'm saying? But I, I, and when I do tan, it's awesome. I have a very, very sexy, Semitic thing going on. No, I look like a, a movie executive from the 40s. It's pretty fucking hot when I do get tan. But what I was afraid of this morning was the lack of food, the marijuana and the drink and the sun was going to make me pass out like Bridge on the River Kwai in front of everyone while they were doing the chanting, and they'd be going like, and I'd be like, and come up with like dirt on my face, and they'd be like, are you okay, Greg? And I'm like, fucking fine, man, this is the best. Mahalo. Pow, pow. I think you'll find that it is no thing but a chicken wing. So we're given alcohol And then uh, in plastic cups Which I think screams spirituality And We're going to be led At one point uh, the, the offer of golf carts To take us to the sacred point As Fl- to, to, to misquote Flan O'Brien The author uh, Who says in the book um, uh, The swim at two birds No which book is it god damn it Jennifer which oh the the laughing police which book is this with the Flan O'Brien he says I didn't know much about the afterworld, but I knew that you didn't get there in a lift right I I don't know much about the jumping off point the vortex to the ether world but I know that you don't get there in a golf cart Uh, so the golf cart idea was floated and then discarded so now we're led down with drinks in our hands by one of the Hawaiian gentlemen who's wearing one of those kicky uh, side dashiki things that has the knot up there And uh, we're we're taken out over lava rocks, and now the lava rocks become more precarious, and now the wind is whipping, and now the plastic glasses are quite light indeed, because the Pacific wind is most violent. And now the brine is flying out of the sea, and all over our sunglasses and our expensive, uh, well, not mine, not the other comedians, but my expensive clothing and, and expensive fake tan, and... That, and, and, uh, and so it's becoming more treacherous. And now I realize that we're quite close to the precipice, falling directly into the Pacific Ocean, that I'm far closer than I want to be in the inebriated half-assed state that I'm in, in my half-assery. And my wife is behind me, and there are 45 comedians all wearing flip-flops, crawling over lava rocks, half-drunk in the bright-ass sun, with the wind fucking kicking up at us. And I thought, this is the perfect time for one of us to jump off into the next universe. And everyone is so ill-prepared for it. The holding hands in a circle part made all of us so fucking uncomfortable that no one will ever talk about it on stage till the end of time. Because it forced us to share human feelings with other people that weren't paying customers, and that's what made us feel so awful about ourselves that we really don't have it in us. So uh, there's blood on the rocks and we get down there and then people are trying to take pictures and shit. Now hats are flying off. And when I say hats, I mean small douchebag fucking mainland asshole hipster hats of which I was wearing one. And mine flew off and flew. I bought it in New York and they put a little clippy Alpine thing on it so that I'd look extra Jewish no matter where I went. But after all, it is aloha, oi. So... There's comics all over the rocks. There's carnage everywhere. There's plastic glasses flying. The wind is whipping up. And the Hawaiian guy is giving a dissertation on how when he goes into the sea, he prays. Uh, uh, One wave is for his grandparents. One wave is for his parents. One wave is for his children whatnot. And all I can think of is... I'm going to fall over and die. Uh, and So I wonder if you might pray for me. We make our way out of there, and uh, we've already hit a couple of awesome uh, restaurants. The first thing you do, I think, when you get to Hawaii is get a rental car. You can't stay on campus, because uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the corporate white fat people revenue flow place I'm staying is like a, a concentration camp for ugly people. And they... <laughs> None of you live there. I don't know why you're so huffy about that. I'm the one who has to live there this week. Oh, it's because you said concentration camp, Greg. And we have taste here on an island where people fuck pigs and chase each other around and shoot road signs and stuff. Well, you don't fuck them, but you definitely eat them. So last night, we rented a car and uh, a really kicky Ford Fiesta. It's the kind of car that lets everyone know... I don't care. I don't have to. I don't ever want to be inside anyone because of my car and how sexy it is. I want my car to look like a Jetsons episode, like I've just landed from another planet in the smallest thing of all time that has no hood and no back. It's like a smart car, except it's not smart. And by the way, nothing works on Ford products. I don't know if you're driving a Ford. They're not a sponsor of this show, so I don't care at all. Um, The air conditioner goes up to four. Who decided on four? How about infinite? That's what I want on air conditioning. This is Hawaii. When the car sits for a while, when you get back in, it's like getting inside a papaya's vagina. It's hot in there. It's hot. Four doesn't get it done. Uh, There's a a, a buttons, a bunch of buttons, but they're really hokey buttons. They're like Ford buttons. It's as if at the Ford factory or the Ford design center, someone said to them, I saw a Japanese car four years ago. Let me describe how it would look to you. (laughs) You should have buttons that do all these different things, but they don't actually, because it's an American car. So there's all these buttons, but they're in a V shape, like you're the Falcon or some other pathetic that didn't get off the ground superhero. And it says auxiliary, uh, uh, serious, so I press the serious button to see if that's happening. I don't think so. It's a rental car. Uh, then uh, the, 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 the rearview mirrors are on some weird toggle, and there's an extra special Hawaiian rearview mirror that's up in the extra corner so that you can see the bike person you're about to kill that's come up on a pink bike with no helmet, wearing flip-flops and a backpack, and sleeve tattoos and shades, and backward fucking Oakleys on their head, two pairs of shades, and that's the person that you run off the road into the sacred ground. That's that extra mirror there. And there's no sign on it in Hawaii. It doesn't even say, hey brah, look behind you. It doesn't say shit. On the mainland it would say, objects in this are for white people to be freaked out on if they hit a Mexican who's selling oranges. Here in Hawaii, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anything. So we drove over to Pi That place. Uh, where all the rock stars are, right? Like there's uh, uh, Willie Nelson evidently hangs out there in a basket of dank. And uh, I, some of Fleetwood Mac lives there, Fleetwood and Mac, I think both have cribs there. And uh, so we drove through, and then we went to uh, Mama's Fish House, right? And, uh, oh yeah, no, I'm all about class, baby. And uh, they go, uh, do you have a reservation? And I was like, this is Hawaii. And then I realized that was a shitty answer. All of a sudden, I'm in New York and stuff, and I've got a timetable. Uh, I thought we could just breeze in anywhere and be given a table anywhere but they gave us a beautiful table and the thing about mamas that made it so scintillating was uh, the last time I was in Hawaii was uh, 2003 we were in Kauai and uh, Hawaii was a little different then first of all the islands weren't this high they were much smaller and thank you I thought that was funny too four people laughed and everyone else was like no they weren't I forgot that part of Hawaii. Sarcasm is a tough sell here. Sarcasm is a tough sell. When you're in a place where ceaseless trade winds blow and iridescent rainbows shoot out between unbelievable green mountains every moment of your life, it's hard to sell being an asshole. And yet... And yet that's really all I have. Sorry, I said you fuck pigs. I didn't mean literally, I meant metaphorically fuck them over. So uh, she goes, Do you have, Aloha, do you have a reservation? And I was like, No, ha, I do not have a reservation. May I have a table? And uh, so they gave us a table, it was beautiful. What I was gonna get at was this 10 years ago, uh, when I first remember coming to Hawaii 15, 20 years ago This is what you could get here for food uh, uh, linguica in the morning uh, Pokey Spam uh, Ribs And mahi-mahi with fucking soy sauce on it And that was it And then you know what you got after that? Nothing is what you fucking got You got a Coca-Cola and a sneer Now there's uh, uh, All of a sudden food hit the island And not only that, people discovered that you can actually grow food here because it's the most fertile land in the fucking universe. Uh, So uh, everything was local last night. We had uh, uh, local venison, which I love. The deer that the Polynesians brought. If there's one thing I know about an outrigger canoe, is that there's a deer compartment in the back. When we were getting the tour of the Sacred Grounds today, uh, one of the gentlemen said, uh, by the way, Captain Cook didn't discover anything. And I thought that was an awesome line. Uh, uh, I love the idea that white people discover places where people have lived for a zillion years. It it, it came as news to the Hawaiians that they were being discovered. But, of course, they they thought he was Lono. And uh, they were like... We didn't realize the God of Peace was going to be wearing a tri-cornered hat with a feather in it and knickers. <laughs> but since he is, fuck it. Um, we went. We, everything was locally farmed, right? They had local venison. It wasn't from the island of Maui. Evidently, the deer are not as. Uh, 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 it was from where? The People are just going. <laughs> are you actually saying something, or are you just going? Nang! Which island were they from? Lanai, lanai. Oh, Lanai Which, as I said, is visible from the window here You can see Lanai from your Lanai uh, And I, I didn't mention this earlier But while my wife and I were sitting looking out the window at the stunning sunset um, We saw deer gamboling all over that island You can see them with the naked human eye from here If you have elf vision like I do, may I have another special coffee from the bar, if that's possible? You know what? I don't care who gets it. If you form a human chain to the Isle of Lanai and get me a a jug of venison, I'll be happy. I really will. Thank you very much, people of Maui. So, you, thank you, brother, and I, you, bro. So we orders dinner, and it's fabulous. The, uh, the. Not only was the venison local, which I insist upon, by the way. If I'm eating in a restaurant and there's venison on the menu, and I'm like, "Where's this venison from?" and they're like, "That venison is from 50 miles away," I'm like, "No, I need local venison." Uh, so uh, we, uh, we, we had that, and then we had Octopus, and the waiter, or the pr- server rather, uh, described, thank you very much, Mark, I really appreciate that, You're very kind. Thank you, Mark. Mark's been most useful tonight, uh, and most helpful, and I appreciate that, Mark. You're very welcome, Mark lives downstairs here. In the ABC market, right down here. You'll find him in between the overpriced macadamia nuts and the unspeakable T-shirts. He's on aisle four. Uh, oh, in Hawaiian, I'll... This is the island where people sound like they started to say something, thought better of it, and then forgot all the consonants. <laughs> Are you gonna hit a T or a W at any point in this fucking sentence? No. oh 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 la 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 What would you people do without L's on this island? So we uh <laughs> We ordered, and uh, it was local octopus, and I don't, I mean local, obviously, all octopi are local, when you think about it. Um, really, octopi don't swirl around, they're in the ocean right near you. In any case, the, the server said to us, uh, the fisherman comes in and he, um, he, he catches the octopus right off the shore, and that he has to carry them in a bag, or carry them, he lets them float in a bag behind him some uh, ten uh, yards, because... Uh, and this is how he put it, and this is so Hawaiian, because of and he went like this. For those of you listening in Proopcastland who are taking care of children right now, for those of you children who are listening in a blanket fort out there in Proopcastland, for those of you listening in vodcast land to this special coffee cast episode, I was making the Hawaiian movement for a shark. He didn't say the word shark because evidently you don't do that. He said he, he puts them in a bag about 30 feet behind it because of like that. And we were like, yeah, got it. <laughs> when we were driving over here tonight, there was a dude behind me in a truck and all of a sudden I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I realized. Uh, so that's very exciting. So my wife, Jennifer, put it succinctly when she said, so people are dying to provide us with our, uh, our appetizers. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> or, not, or risking death, rather. She didn't say they were dying She said they were risking death And everyone's gone all quiet again Kind of like the concentration camp joke earlier I don't require that people risk their life for an appetizer But it certainly made the appetizer more exciting And I'll tell you one thing Charred octopus is not to be trifled with in any way Charred octopus is to be respected And another thing It's not just for breakfast anymore It's anytime, place. And then we had, um, uh, Jennifer had uh, Papio, yeah. and I had um, Deep Sea Snapper. There was a Hawaiian name that went for it, but I can't remember what it was now. He said, it's, it's called... waba. No, okay. Now we've got dueling bullshit out here. Someone went, it's called Ma! And another guy went, it's Paga Paga. Is there any fishermen here in the audience? Is it... If not, I will make you a fisher of men. It's called Paga Paga. Oh oh paga paga? That's you know what? That's that's a Frankie Valley song from the seventies. That's not that's not an actual fish name. Oh paga paga. Well I had that. And what I love about Hawaiian cuisine is if you went to Greece or or Uh, If you went to Italy uh, At a a fancy restaurant in Milan They'd cover it in cheese and stuff like that Because all anti-Semitic cultures cover everything in cheese And if you went to Or they put ham on everything If you've ever been to Germany or Austria And you order food It's like, we put ham on it Yeah, I know, I know what you did I know what you fucking did This is coffee and pastry But we put ham in it Oh, all all alright I know what you're doing these are bacon-filled ham clusters with bacon. Yes, they are the superior bacon rolls. I get it. But if you go to Greece, like the way they would cook it, uh, the way where they would cook this, uh, the the papio or the ogopagopago pago, is um, they would just like lightly grill it and then maybe like a little olive oil and you know what not, and then some lemon. And then a Greek guy would like uh, you know do a dance and, and like his chest hair would fall on you and whatnot. <laughs> be awesome. And then you'd have some ouzo or maybe a really super crispy white wine that had an unpronounceable name, like... In Hawaii, uh, you take a piece of fish, a beautiful piece of fish, locally caught right here. The names of the fishermen were listed clearly next to all the fish, uh, which was extraordinary. You don't go to that many places where the fishermen's names, they're like, hey, Chuck, how you doing? Uh, You take ground macadamia nuts or any kind of sweet anything and slather the fish with it. Because fish on their own, in nature, don't have enough sugar around them. But the Hawaiian palate is, we had, I had a taro cake that was off the deep end. It was like a hockey puck of sucrose. Halfway through, my diabetes turned into a joyful blob that just shot through my body. And I produced more insulin out of my hypothalamus gland in my head than I ever had out of any security. Oh, hi, Mark. Wow, more special coffee. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Mark. That'll be all. Um, Thank you, Mark. I'm like that. Uh, and it was uh, so we had it was beautiful a really beautiful dinner and unbelievably rich we ordered way too much you can't have venison and charred octopus and then have papio and Uh and there was beautiful drinks and everything and the, and the trade wind was blowing and people were wearing off the shoulder clothes and uh I know. I was overwhelmed. My senses were overwhelmed with talismans and symbols. There were hand-carved axes in the architecture, and there were pictures of celebrities on the wall. There was a picture of Charlton Heston. How am I to contain myself when there's a picture of Charlton Heston on the wall while I'm eating a pago-pago and whatnot? Like, I just think, all I could imagine was Charlton Heston in Hawaii. My God, I feel relaxed. <laughs> I'd like to smoke some Pacalolo. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. My wife'll have the Papio. I'll have the charred octopus. One of the best lines in Charlton Heston history is from the movie Planet of the Apes, where they're down at the seaside, uh, uh, and they've discovered that man was once dominant over apes. And one of the apes says to Charlton Heston, I'm in charge of this expedition, and Charlton Heston goes, well, good for you. I'm in charge of myself. And has a giant rifle. So there was a picture of Heston on the wall. There was a picture of Sinatra. And I thought, fucking Sinatra came to Maui? Did he? When did he come? In the 70s or early 80s? He came to Maui, Lu and Tihei? Really? He partied? Yeah, I bet he did. Did you see him then, darling? No, you were too young. You were too young to see him then. Your mother saw Sinatra then. Did your mother and Sinatra... A little bit. Ha, ha. What is a little bit? That's what I'd like to know. She made. It she made oh, yeah, she made it out alive. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> this island swings. It's knocked out. Cuckoo. <laughs> Frank was here in the days when you could smoke and drink on stage. And what glorious days those must have been before America turned into the puritanical piece of shit. <laughs> that we're known as all over the world now. May I interject at this juncture? Please do, Greg. Thank you, Greg. That nothing uh, would hurt this island less than making marijuana legal here, like in the States. I was recently in Washington State, and uh, I purchased marijuana legally uh, there, and uh, it was exhilarating. Uh and it's really everything that America's all about. All of the arguments against it, like, I understand, like, Colorado's one matter, because Kansas is next to it, and Kansas had a heart attack. <laughs> Washington is next to can- Canada, which is a beautiful city, and, uh, uh, and so there was a little bit of contested area there. Hawaii, I get it. People fly in from all over the world to Hawaii. There's people from Oz, there's people from Japan, there's people from wherever you can imagine. Uh <laughs> So I'm, uh, my guess is the argument is if we legalize marijuana, people will enjoy themselves and feel relaxed. <laughs> and then they won't drink as much and spend money on shit they don't need. Uh, I feel like uh, this state would, should be really at the forefront of uh, legalization of marijuana. One, because this island itself is known for some of the most comestible of all uh, of the Jimmy Jack, And... Secondly, what would be wrong with Japanese tourists taking some weed back to their uh, their uh, archipelago? If there's one thing Japan needs, it's to smoke a fucking joint. I mean, I adore Japan. I think their culture is magnificent, but it's a very methy cigarette-oriented, alcohol, get on a subway and fight with other people, fucking relaxing. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. So, in any case. Uh, uh, we, we had uh, dinner there and it was sensation. And then today uh, we were going to go back to Paia and. Uh, pa- how do you say it? Paia! That didn't help. Paia. Paia. Really? Because it's spelled P A. Oh, and someone just went, don't worry about how it's spelled. You're in Hawaii, brah. The spelling doesn't match the pronunciation. Uh, we went and st- we were going to go to Paella but the uh, and this is going to sound stop I'm willfully mispronouncing it Hawaii okay I'm never going to pronounce it the right way the rest of the night so stop correcting me right now I was in Sweden last week I mispronounced everything you'll hear it later When we were in Paella I fucking shut it Look, if you come to Los Angeles and say San Bernardino or whatever, I'm not going to freak out, okay? And I won't care at all. If you say Anaheim, I'm not going to lose my shit. I'm going to be like, say it how you want to say it. If I was MC Hammer, I'd say, play how you want to play. To make a long story longer, we was going to go to lunch in Pa'ea today, and we, it was, but the traffic, and this is going to sound insipid, completely insipid, because I was talking about it with Rob, the stage manager. If you live in Los Angeles, there's one thing you can be guaranteed of. After four or five days in Hawaii, and I've begun to relax, and I've had enough drink, and I've had enough everything, and this, I've had enough sun, and I've had enough, you know, $50 Starbucks, uh... Uh, Eventually, you become relaxed here, and then you go back to LA, you get back from the airport, you get in your car, and you drive 20 yards, and someone passes you on the ride and tries to kill you. And then you realize, LA is a series of little fucking horrible psychological wins, and that's how people measure their lives in Hollywood. Whereas people in Hawaii have no truck with that at all. There is no winning at any point in Hawaii. You're simply here. And if a car cuts in front of you, you're like, wow, that car cut in front of me. And if you cut in front of someone, you're like, sorry, brah, I didn't mean to cut in front of you, but that's what happened. (laughs) There's a lot more humanity at stake here is what I'm getting at. And in L.A., the question is always, where are you in such a hurry to go? Because now we've gotten to the next light. Uh, In any case, we didn't go all the way to Pai, uh, today. We stayed here in Lahaina, and we went to a place called Star Needle up the road. Have people been there? Have I lost your attention completely at this point? Have we broken into... Okay, all right. I have no... I just touched something on my phone and Willie Nelson came up out of nowhere. I hate smartphones. That is, I know, I love Willie Nelson, but I have no idea how Willie Nelson came up on my phone. Um, there we go. Cock! Uh, so we went to Star Noodle and had uh, uh, the pork bun there. And the pork bun's not like a regular Chinese pork bun that you get, where there's little chunks of pork inside and they're all red because they've been dyed within an inch of their life. It was a giant slab of pork with a bun kind of cut open around it and the sauce on it, and it was off the deep end. It was so unbelievably delicious uh, that I haven't eaten anything since then, except for special coffee. But I may go out later for a macadamia nut covered pizza. This reminds me of something. Uh, Hawaii is such an unbelievably gorgeous place. And yet you let people build golf courses here. Now, I understand that people like golf, white people. Uh, And when I say white people, I include all white people. And by that, I mean uh, people from Africa, Europe, India, China, whatever country. What I mean by white people is a dominant paradigm, fat white guys who think the entire world revolves around them and their fucking needs every goddamn minute of the day. And building up golf courses everywhere is like, I understand it draws tourists and stuff like that, but really, when you have an island of this kind of incandescent splendor and unbelievable, unbridled growth and the most, un, the, the most, Fertile ground in the world The newest place in the world Where volcanoes are going off But miles from where we speak At this very time And I wish I could go over there And stand in front of the volcanoes Because I look fabulous With an enormous orange glow behind me There is a slow motion catastrophe Happening an island away from us here Where lava is springing out And yet white people seem to feel like They have to put up their things Everywhere they go Uh Uh, And this is something I wanted to read to you And it's a little bit, it's a little long But I'm going to read it anyway, goddammit Is this the boring, preachy part of the show? Kind of, we're going to segue into it cleverly here tonight Uh, This is by Amos Wilson from a book called Black on Black Violence And um, it's about white people The white American And the worldwide European ruling classes In general, refuse to accept And repent of their historical contemporary Theft of the lands, resources And taking of the lives of their own And other people's Their enslavement, serfdom and peonage Peonage, of course, making people peons Of their own and African peoples Their colonization and rapacious rapacious exploitation of virtually all non-white peoples Their eradication of the whole ethnocultural groups Their mass murder of millions of persons Their scandalization and assassination uh, of the character of African people and that would include what's happening now with Ebola, where we're uh, quarantining one, pr- one person in the United States have died of Ebola and we're quarantining people because we're absolutely reactive against anything that happens in Africa. Um, their destruction of many of the Earth's streams, rivers, lakes, seas, and oceans, ecocide, the raping and wasting of its national treasures, the loosening of incurable diseases. If anyone is still following what I'm talking about, we're talking about white European people and their paradigm. Uh, Captain Cook in other words Although Captain Cook was one of the nicer ones To be honest Uh, 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 Their assassination of national leaders Overthrow of duly elected governments Other intrigues against legitimate organizations Their warmongering and dissemination Of murderous arms Among nations for profit and political advantage Their addicting of whole populations To self-destructive habits Appetites and drugs Their falsification of the consciousness Of the earth's peoples And numerous other heinous crimes Against man and nature Because of their need to deny their long criminal history and contemporaneous criminality, their refusal to recognize that they pose the gravest danger to every type of life on earth and their need to divert theirs and the world's attention away from the facts listed above, the white, American and European communities must compulsively project the alleged criminal activities in the black community. As a representing of the greatest danger to American society and European civilization, the white American and European projective twist of reality is designed to have the world forget that when this world is cataclysmically destroyed it will not be caused by drug dealers, petty thieves, muggers black-on-black criminals but will be executed by white, patriotic highly educated and civilized scientists law-abiding citizen soldiers stop at you as well as cultured, well-mannered, and well-behaved diplomats. And that's the truth of the world. Uh, When you come to Hawaii and you see it, it's absolute paradise. But the white powers that be and their European counterparts will never admit that they are the thing that's going wrong with the world, that they are destroying the ecosystem, that they are the ones promulgating violence, that they are the ones propagating drugs, that they are the ones committing horrible economic crimes and that the rest of us would just like to live our lives and not be blamed for it. And by the rest of us I include black people, obviously uh, which is what this was directed at but I think everyone... Uh, deserves to live their life without being blamed, Uh, if we gather and we're against GMOs, if we gather and we're against war, if we gather and we're for economic equality, that doesn't make us out of the mainstream, and it doesn't make us rebels, and it doesn't make us uh, 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 a horrible... It makes us part of society. It makes us a speaking, thinking, sentient part of society. Not a part that needs to be put down. Not a part that needs to be controlled. The less control there is over people's sentient thought and uh, uh, logical thought, the better this world will be. Now here's something that I thought was lovely that Mark Twain said, who was of course a white guy with a giant flowing mustache, but he did come to Hawaii. And this is something he said about Maui. And I'm going to do it to make it more entertaining in the voice that I think Mark Twain spoke in. I have no idea how Mark Twain spoke. They said Abraham Lincoln spoke in a high-pitched voice, which is why Daniel Day-Lewis spoke in that voice in the movie, the kind of high-pitched voice like this. I love that story. Uh, They said Lincoln had a high voice, but I'm going to speak how I believe Mark Twain spoke because I think it makes it funnier. I went to Maui. (laughs) A combination of Dale Robertson and several other bad character actors from the 50s. I went to Maui to stay a week and remained five. I never spent so pleasant a month before or bade any place goodbye so regretfully. I have not once thought of business or care or human toil or trouble or sorrow or weariness, and the memory of it will remain with me always. That's a beautiful thing to say about a place. A couple of quick things, and then we'll move on. I have to mention this because it's imperative. Uh, Alexander Joy Cartwright is often credited uh, with inventing the rules of baseball, which he didn't. He played for the Knickerbockers Ball Club in the 19th century in the 1830s in New York City. However, he came to settle here in Hawaii. Uh, Mark Twain, I believe, was even possibly introduced to him or possibly not. In any case, the truth is this. The World Series ended last night and the San Francisco Giants beat the Kansas City Royals in Game 7. You may boo if you like. Uh, If you're a Kansas City fan, I will say to you this. I tip my hat to you. Here's to a worthy adversary. Uh, I'm very fortunate in so much as I'm a San Francisco fan and that we've enjoyed three World Series victories in the last five years, which does, of course, make us uh, the best team going right now. Uh, And this is what I would say to you who booed Uh, We rolled Texas over in five games And we rolled Detroit over in four games Kansas City fought us to the ninth inning With a man on third base and two out And one strike left on the line It was a World Series well fought And could have gone either way till the very last moment And that's what makes sport unbelievably exhilarating And emotional The fact that anyone can win at any point and that it was not a rollover at any point. And I, not that I'm a genius, but I predicted the score of the game yesterday in the morning, and I predicted the last out as well. How did you know that was going to happen? I didn't. I just got fucking lucky. I said it's going to be three 4-3 three to or 3-2. to It's going to be low scoring. And then here's the deal. We were watching it on television. First of all, we were downstairs at the hotel, and I couldn't. I couldn't be around people because I'm a San Francisco fan. And I don't want to burst into tears in front of a group of people I don't know. So we went to the room and we watched the game for a while, and then my wife was like, "I'm hungry," and I'm like, "Let's go." So we got in the car and we turned it on the radio, uh, and as we were driving across Maui, and it was a stunning sunset last night. Um, there was a, a vista point on the way to e and it was the ninth inning, and I pulled over there, and at that, uh, that's where we sat watching the unbelievable Pacific Ocean and the islands around us. And I heard the, uh, the last uh, two outs of that game uh, with my wife. And uh, uh, when we won the World Series, I kissed her, and that was very exciting. And then a friend called me from Los Angeles crying. Uh, So it was a very big day for us. In any case, what Madison Bumgarner did was an amazing feat. I know a lot of people listen to the show who uh, don't care about baseball at all. And I I understand that. It is a white guy sport. I've gotten that. And I've said it over the years. Uh, However, in my elation, I have to say a few things. I'm extraordinarily proud of uh, the team, even though it is a corporate enterprise, um, in so much as um, I believe my team, the San Francisco Giants, is the sexiest and cutest and funnest team. Because... (laughs) Our players are named Buster and Panda and Hunter. And we have Romo and Blanco and Casilla and lots of uh, zesty, sexy. Our our right fielder eats yogurt and runs into walls. Our third baseman eats chicken by the bucket and blows bubbles when he catches fly balls. Um, We have a lot of fun players, that's all I'm saying. We don't have a bunch of douchey white guys with beards like the fucking Boston Red Sox from last year. (laughs) I know, there's a lot of douchey white guys with beards listening to the show. A lot of you are named Grant and shit like that. I get it. Uh, This is from truthout.org. Baseball season's over and the San Francisco Giants have won. Uh, The Kansas City Royals had an inspiring story of breaking almost three decades long drought. And by the way, Kansas City fan who booed, I remember the 85 team very well. Brett Saberhagen and Buddy Biancolana, George Brett, I watched that series, Frank White. uh, They had no business beating the Cardinals in that series, and they did, and it was awesome. And you don't even fucking remember it because you're not old enough. So your whole boo (laughs) falls upon deaf ears. You know where you fall? Where the Papio... Dwells near the Opopago Pago Pago, 40 meters beneath the deep Here's the through line that I want to go with When San Francisco beat Texas, it was uh, San Francisco versus America Because uh, the, uh, the Texas team that won is from Dallas-Fort Worth When they showed it on tele, they would show aerial shots of San Francisco when we played in San Francisco. And as you know, the ballpark is a little gem next to the water, much like Hawaii. It's a very beautiful thing. And And the camera would fly over it and it would look like a dozen emeralds scattered around a black rug. And then when they went back to Texas, they went, here's the stockyards in Fort Worth. And all the Texas players were complaining uh, that the San Francisco fans were soaking so much dope that they were getting high while they were playing the outfield and shit like that. And my, my riposte was, I'm handing my bong to this giant lesbian cop right now because the town I come from is cool. <laughs> then we beat Detroit. But no one wants to beat Detroit. Detroit's like New Orleans. Detroit's been beat up on too much by this government and by uh, the world. And uh, no one roots against Detroiter. So we wanted them to win, but they weren't up to it. And then there was this one against Kansas City. And I have nothing against Kansas City. In fact, I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. There's some crazy little women there, and I'm going to get me one. But I will say this, that... The state of Missouri has not distinguished itself over the last few years. And if there's one state I rank on more than any other state on this Proopcast, it's the state of Missouri. Why, Greg, why? One, because it's fun, because Kathleen Madigan comes from there and she's a genius. Two, they're the home of hillbilly hand fishing and police brutality. They're the home of Todd Akin from the last national election. Todd Akin, Mr. Legitimate Rape. And Missouri has not been distinguishing themselves in the last year. And San Francisco beat St. Louis and Kansas City in this last round of playoffs. And are you saying that everything's political, Greg? Yeah, I fucking am. <laughs> and that gun-toting Walmart America was beat by fag-loving LGBT America. Yeah. When we, uh, oh, I'll just read this then. Uh, You can find a silver lining The the principal owner of the Giants, Charles B. Johnson Is known for his support of the conservative PAC American Crossroads The owner of the Giants is an unsupportable right wing Douchebag, and I'll just say it right now I have no control over who owns my team Um, He's fucked over the Employees of the ballpark, and he's been An unbelievable right wing billionaire As they all are, and he belongs in that club And he can go fucking jump off Of Pacalolo this instant, but the point is this This is about the team and the fans. Uh, they spoke up on Ferguson. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, fans were rallying. Uh, the Giants fans were rallying against police brutality and the death of Michael Brown and Ferguson, uh, a, a suburb of St. Louis. Um, there were St. Louis fans who sold uh, the um, uh, Darren supporting Darren Wilson t-shirts. I'm not coloring all St. Louis fans that way. I'm just saying this was on Truth Out. This is just lefty shit that's for me to enjoy. Uh, <laughs> The team uh, supports immigration reform. Immigration reform may be what the Giants are most known for, thanks to reliever Sergio Romo. Uh, Romo was born in California, gained attention for wearing a shirt that said, I just look illegal. He wore that at the last World Series parade. Um, (laughs) Romo filmed a video stating his support for the DREAM Act. Know this, before the World Series started, Romo, who's from California, was asked by one of the national reporters before the World Series, what country are you originally from? And he went, the United States. And that's the kind of racism that goes on all day, all the time, everywhere. And everyone knows what I'm talking about here. Uh, the stadium's an environmentalist dream. It's quite green. And in 1994, the Giants were the first Major League Baseball team to have an HIV event. We were the first team to support uh, AIDS research uh, and, and all that jazz. In any case, I want to congratulate Madison Bumgarner, who did something so extraordinary that it, I don't know that it'll ever be, um, it might be copied. And that was this, that a... Um, um, he won two World Series games And then he saved the third one Much like uh, Oral Hershiser or Kurt Schilling Or uh, Bob Gibson or Bob Turley If you want to go back to the Yankees Or Christy Mathewson who won three games in the 1905 World Series uh, So in any case uh, Thank you for your kind attention On that part of the show uh, I was hoping there would be more West Coast Giants fans here tonight And a little less of the douchey Midwestern element But there you are Thank you Thank uh, you The giants do fucking rule. And that's all there is to that. Uh, This is from the Maui News. Uh, This is from two days ago's Maui News. Yes, I read the Maui News. Uh, Big agriculture spends big to counter the GMO initiative. Uh, There's a GMO initiative on the balance here. Uh, uh, The ballot here coming up for the election. Uh, GMOs are genetically modified uh, uh, agricultural products. Citizens against the Maui County Farming Ban Raised more than $7.9 million To fight a general election voter initiative Calling for a moratorium On genetically modified organisms The group reports to The state campaign spending committee show This is the front page By the way, having read the Maui news For the last couple of days There's more information in it Than almost any paper I've read in the last few years And I'm not kidding the first whole section is all international and national uh, and statewide news. Um, the uh, opinion page r- uh, prints letters from everyone around here on a dazzling variety of topics. B- for a very small newspaper, it's uh, formidable. Believe me, you can read the New Essay today and not get this much international news. However, this is a very important issue here in Hawaii because you're an enormously important agricultural state. Growing not only coffee, but occasionally wine, uh, as well as uh, macadamia nuts and every manner of fruit. This is the, the paragraph I wanted to get to. Uh, the group is predominantly financed by biotechnology companies Monsanto and Dow AgroSciences, with Monsanto spending 5.1 million and Dow spending nearly 1.8 million, blah, 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 blah. Thank you. That's exactly what my point was. My friend in the front row just yelled out that should tell you everything. If Monsanto and Dow are willing to spend this kind of money to defeat the initiative, you have to think to yourself, what are their motives? And as I've discussed on the show before, giant corporations only have two motives, profit and growth. Your health and the health of your children is not a motive Dow and Monsanto possess. You vote how you want to vote. I would never tell you how to vote. I would only... I would only uh, try to uh, uh, surmise you of some of the facts. And when you know that they've spent upwards of $8 million on an initiative in a state of this size, uh, that there's some serious money at stake, and that agribusiness is all business, all fucking business. Um, But there's no proof that genetically modified... (laughs) Let me put it this way. Uh, If I queer uh, an ear of corn... Uh, but isn't the history of mankind the genetic modification of various crops? Absolutely. The history of, of the Americas is the genetic modification of corn and potatoes by the indigenous people. The history of, the, of Polynesia is the genetic modification of breadfruit and taro and all of those crops uh, and all of the fruits so that people could have them more abundantly. This is not the same as that. This is scientific uh, genetic modification that we do not know the ramifications of and that there's uh, such uh, different causes. uh, uh... Let me put it this way. There's a whole uh, panoply and plethora of horrible uh, things that can happen when you eat genetically modified food. It's not safe because corporations say it's safe. This is from Wednesday's Maui News Creeping lava advances closer To the Pahoa homes Uh, Pahoa, Hawaii After weeks of slow stop and go movement A river of asphalt black lava Was less than the length of a football field From homes on the big island The big island is Hawaii (laughs) Residents of uh, Pahoa village The commercial center of the island's rural Puna district South of Hilo Have had weeks to prepare to what has been described as a slow-motion disaster. That is fucking hilariously Hawaiian. If this was in California, we'd have closed the airport. In Hawaii, people are like, you better hurry up. In a couple of weeks, you're going to have to move, man. (laughs) Oh, shit, I left my lawn chair out there, man. Now I'm going to have to buy another one, brah. Where's the dog? Oh, fuck. Oh, no, he's okay. Is there any other kind of disaster in Hawaii besides a slow-motion disaster? There really isn't. This is from today's uh, Maui News. Uh, This one I wanted to read to you because I thought it was very funny, and I shouldn't preface it that way, but there you are. Uh, Kalauea lava 100 feet from Big Island Homes. This is the second day. That was... Two days ago, this is today's. Now it's a hundred feet away from the home. <laughs> Two days headline from now. Kilauea a lava. Inching ever closer to home. <laughs> Two weeks from now, lava stopped, home safe. <laughs> Lawn chair taken in horrible lava accident. Pokey eaten. Uh, you're having an election here and uh, yeah exactly Uh, I've been trying to understand Hawaiian uh, state politics and they elude me completely I don't understand why Abercrombie got beat by Iggy but there you are Uh, and then there was Lingle before him and I I I don't understand the whole but I I mean I'm from California so I get the whole there's the redneck part and then there's the liberal part oh this was the this was the wrong one uh, this is from yesterday. Uh, there was two guys running for state uh, Congress here. And one of the cats is named Kapoi and the other is named Suki. You're aware of Suki because he's been a, a state uh, representative for over 400 years. <laughs> Mr. Suki is the oldest and longest serving Maui state legislator, 11 years longer than Senator Baker. But this is what I wanted to read because these are the kind of quotes that drive me crazy. Mr. Kapoy, who's running against Mr. Suki, said, I understand God's will. And God's will is to help the people. I'm just a carpenter. Really? You mean like Jesus was a carpenter? How in your right mind as a human being can you say, I understand God's will? And if you could see him, he's a white guy with white hair. I know nothing of Mr. Kapoy, And for all I know, he's the best carpenter That ever fucking walked the face of the earth But I do know this When someone tells you they understand God's will They understand nothing of God's will Um, Only someone with an ego That's completely out of control That was a dominant alpha male white guy Would say they understood God's will Anyone else would have humility In the face of that I know that he's a Republican, and I'm not damning all Republicans along with him, but a little bit. Exactly. Uh, let's get to something fun here. And then Are you guys arguing amongst yourselves now? Has it broken down into discussion groups now? All I heard was, "Fuck you!" from the background. Are, "Fuck me?" Oh. Yeah, fuck you to another person. Well done, Hawaii, for having an hour and 15 minute attention span. I'm hysterical. Yes, I understand. You grew up in a cane field, and fuck you. Uh, I think we should move right along here, and we will. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler lives on this island sometimes. Steven Tyler is from the group Aerosmith. Yes, we're skipping the Dolly Parton one. There was. Stop yelling, fuck you, drunk person. I'm trying to conduct a fucking show here. You're not in your living room. Put your shoes on and fucking pull it together. We're in an Italian restaurant with open windows. Steven Tyler evidently attends AA meetings here. Everybody okay out there? We're good, we're good. Okay, all right. Thank you, why. All right. Just checking, just checking. Okay, thank you, darling. Uh, Steven Tyler uh, is in rehab. Oh, is someone being thrown out? Is that what the drama is? I can't see because there's a line in my eye. All I hear is every five minutes, fuck you, I was born in a cane field. <laughs> I was born in a cane field too. Not sugar cane. I was born in a cocaine field. That's why I'm so peppy. Oh, someone got thrown out. That's why you guys went all quiet and we all... T- okay, everything's cool now. So what they... So when you throw someone out in Hawaii... Try to understand this part. So they're in a room in Hawaii. Now they're just in Hawaii. What's the punishment? It's not like you put them in shackles and made them go to Cleveland, Ohio. It's not like they had to go to Rochester, New York, or something. The woman who's yelling, fuck you, I was born in a cane field, is now underneath the window yelling, fuck you, I was born in a cane field. There's this one giant train light in my eye here. All right, I'm going back. I'm going to do. Ashton, are you still there? I'm going to do Dolly Parton here. There was an interview with Dolly Parton in Billboard, and I worship Dolly Parton because she's 68 years old. She's from a family of 12 and was raised in dire poverty. Um, uh, My favorite Dolly Parton quote is people think I'm dumb and a blonde, and I'm neither. And I love that about her. Kick That Dolly Parton Jam. You may remember this one. It's called Two Doors Down. She's on the road, and she sold a bajillion records, and she has a new hit record out right now. But Why are you reading this, Greg? Because she talks about her gay fans, and this is what I loved about her. Do the white people dance. Turn that down a little bit there. Uh, Dollywood, she owns an amusement park in Tennessee called Dollywood. Attracts a lot of church groups, but also has become a draw uh, for the lesbian, gay, uh, uh, bisexual, uh, transgender community. What does this say about you? And Dolly answers, it's a place for entertainment. A place for all families, period. It's for all that. But as far as the Christians... If people want to pass judgment, they're already sinning. The sin of judging is just as bad as any other sin they might say somebody else is committing. I try to love everybody. Uh, I love her for that. Do you have a large gay following? To what do you attribute that? They know that I completely love and accept them, as I do all people. I've struggled enough in my life to be appreciated and understood. I've had to go against all... Co- I'm from a gay Field, too! Fuck you! <laughs> let these cane babies in? <laughs> now we'll talk about Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler gave a speech the other day at this drug meeting, which I love. And Stephen Tyler's written a memoir, uh, and... and Oh, my God. I saw Stephen Tyler speak years ago at the Hard Rock in Kissimmee, Florida, or something. They got up to give him a plaque, and he got up, and he went, (laughs) Like, that was... (laughs) Uh, Like, Mr. Tyler, here's your award. And he went, (laughs) That was it. It was great. And he was wearing, like, an Aunt Jemima bandana. It was really fucking wild. Uh, He spoke at the 49th Maui Molokai drug court program graduation But what I wanted to read you was this Because I think it's fantastic Uh, The graduates confessed to being fans of Steven Tyler Blah, blah, blah Listening to you guys opened up my heart He said He began getting high in 1964 Uh, By 1984 I was 126 pounds shooting cocaine And he went to rehab They weren't rehabs They were mental institutions Where the people sat next to me Had dribble bibs Only Steven Tyler would say dribble bib And then this is my favorite quote In the history of rock I'm a better drug addict and alcoholic Than I am a musician I've got to keep it in check Will you please play a little Aerosmith For us right now You never see people in jails turn around. He said, oh, no, crank it up, crank it up. (laughs) And if you really, uh, if you were in high school when I was, you heard this song a lot. If you weren't, you heard it anyway. And this is the best one. I was born in a Steven Tyler field. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably awesome. Well done Steven Tyler for being a better alcoholic than rock star. Uh, The GMO marches are going on You have to attend those Uh, Someone swirling in the heavens tonight We have to attend to someone who's passed Who's jumped off into the vortex uh, And left our form and joined another form And that's Jack Bruce, the uh, bass player Uh, He was in every blues band ever And he was in the group Cream Uh, He's an astounding uh, figure in British rock Let's play a little of that uh, Cream there If you like bombastic fucking heroin induced rock by guys who weigh 112 pounds, cream is what you're looking for. Yeah. The body, yeah. the distance, the tired starlings, tired starlings. Uh, This one goes down to Jack Bruce. If you look up into the sky tonight, you can see him floating over Lanai. You have been the smartest crowd in the world. I have been the smartest man in the world. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I've had a lovely time here. I want you to know two things.